0: Welcome to the Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. The Pharmacy Future Leaders is part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network, focusing on pharmacy student perspectives, interviews, and the future outlook of our pharmacy industry. Hey, everyone. This is Dr. Richard Waith, founder of MedVise, and you're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. Welcome
1: to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm your co-host Tony Guerra for the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, broadcasting from the Des Moines Health and Public Services Building at DMax Ankeny Campus. Connect with me on Facebook at Tony Farm D1, and check out my audio book "Memorizing Pharmacology" on Audible or Amazon.com. Today, we are finally speaking with Dr. Richard Wait, who is a community pharmacist in his hometown of Miami, Florida. He attended pharmacy school at the University of Florida College of Pharmacy in Orlando. And after pharmacy school, Richard noticed the lack of quality care patients received in community setting, and in response created a personal medication management company, MedVise a vision of what he thinks MTM will be like in the future. He's also host of RX Radio, and I have listened to all eight episodes plus the zero intro, a podcast exploring not only pharmacy's different career pathways, but also what pharmacy practice is like around the world.
0: Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited about it. (laughs) Me
1: too. Uh, It's always good to have another podcaster, and uh, this is the first time I've done video, so I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, But everyone's leadership road is a little bit different. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you're from and uh, how you got there.
0: Yeah. So I, uh, I was raised in Miami, Florida, and I went to the university, of, sorry, I went to Florida National University uh, for undergrad where I got a degree in chemistry. I then went on to the University of Florida uh, College of Pharmacy in in uh, Miami, I sorry, in Orlando. And um, I'm currently a community pharmacist, as you said, and I uh, uh, for a, a large uh, chain down here in the southeast, and I'm currently focused on a lot of things uh, outside of the pharmacy uh, in terms of uh, providing better patient care, uh, but also in, uh, with my company MedVise, but also in terms of uh, learning more about uh, the industry of pharmacy. I, I founded the uh, podcast RX Radio and. Um, I've been I've been fairly involved on campus uh, when I was in school, and, and I tried to to continue that involvement as uh, as I graduated, and just be a part of you know uh, advocating for the profession and and building that brand of of what pharmacy is going to be like in the future.
1: All right. Well, what I thought we would do for this episode just introduce you. I have a feeling we're going to be talking quite a bit. You're uh, one of the new hot stars in the podcast space, if it were. Uh, there's there's about twenty of us or maybe ten of us uh, across the country. Uh, But what I wanted to do is kind of go through each of your episodes, Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll go in order just to keep it that way, just so you can keep it in your head. So I know the episodes, uh, but I don't necessarily know the names. Mm -hmm. So you went right out of the gate with your first – first you did your intro, but then you did episode one, and you interviewed a med student. What made you go interprofessional before you even messed with another pharmacist?
0: Yeah, so uh, interesting thing about that is – uh, his name is Dr. Adi Chakra. He was a uh, uh, he was actually a, uh, a a resident, a medical resident in uh, in Minnesota. It just timed really well. I was actually I did a trip up there uh, and uh, just to visit him specifically. And he was a really good friend of mine. We both got uh, degrees in chemistry at Florida National University. And I was, you know, it, it was just a timing thing where I was in the middle of, or in the midst of starting RX radio. And I was like, Hey, do you want to, you know, do you want to be on it? You know, obviously yeah, we're yeah. friends, we talk a lot cool. and I instantly wanted to know what his, uh, you know, what his views on were on with pharmacists and how he interacted with them. Uh, so I thought that, Hey, when I'm sure there's going to be pharmacists that are going to love to hear about this and hear what views um, a, a physician has on, on pharmacists. So let's uh, let's right out of the gate. Let's, uh, you know, jump into that. So that's how that idea came out.
1: Okay. Well, now you have an undergrad in chemistry. Mm -hmm. You could have gone to med school if you'd wanted to, you made the decision to go to pharmacy. Uh, I hear two different things. Uh, sometimes I hear that, uh, pharmacy is a very clean profession. You know, Mm -hmm. there's no getting dirty. There's no dealing with impactions and things like Mm -hmm. that. Yes. Uh, but, what was it that made you decide to go to pharmacy when you could have readily gone to med
0: school? Yeah. So I was uh, very focused on the uh, building relationships with people. And uh, I was well aware that people saw their pharmacists much more frequently than they did any other healthcare professional. Sure. And I wanted to be able to be in that role to be able to have that impact and build that relationship with that person. In addition, I wanted to focus on uh, you know, the management of certain diseases. And I, I think that Early on, I saw a little bit of of, you know, what the role of, I think, a physician in my eyes, what a physician is. It's like, hey, find out what's going on. Like, like we need you to figure out what is going on and what the best course of action to start might be. But then I also realized that there was another part of healthcare in terms of helping people manage those things, finding out what's going to be the best treatment for that person. And I wanted to focus more on on that management of disease states after we found out what was wrong and what was going on.
1: Okay, so tell me a little bit about what made you go to the next episode. You didn't. You went from Minnesota, then you took an international flight uh, across <laughs> the Atlantic to the United Kingdom, Yeah. and I was just in Ireland for uh, it would have been vacation two years ago. Uh, we went in there. Uh, we could get some diclofenac gel for ten bucks. Uh, no doctor's visit. Say you know no trip to the Uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield to get everything approved. Uh, Everything got taken care of very quickly. You can just go into the pharmacy, pharmacists. There's so many more pharmacies over there. But tell me Mm -hmm. what made you go to the UK. I would have thought that the first person that you would have talked to was a retail pharmacist in the
0: US. Well, uh, funny thing is, I actually did not. I wish I would have gone there. I've actually never even been to Europe. Um, Oh, okay. and, And part of that was me, you know, and that was also part of why I wanted to do this episode. Uh, I was lucky enough to meet, um, uh, to meet that guest on, on Twitter. And, uh, I asked him, I let him know, I said, Hey, I have a setup where I can just, you know, pretty much do what we're doing here now. And, uh, we, we did set up a Google hangout and I was able to get, uh, record him on a phone call. I wish I would've gone over there, but I'm, I'm so interested. It's so like before, before I, I, I even started this, the podcast, I had no, I, I only knew pharmacy in Florida. You, okay, know, yeah. you know, beyond like not even the US, I would say. And and that's all that was in my mind. I went to school here, grew up here. Um, and it's just fascinating to know that there's a an equivalent to APHA over there, or there's okay. an equivalent to there is actually a Walgreens over there. You know, like there <laughs> there's the yeah, boots, the boots, exactly. Sure. <laughs> and I was so curious to see like how that was, what it was like, and and get to know more about like what pharmacy was like internationally. And uh, that's where it started because it started with the UK because he, I mean, he was just someone that was, he's fairly active on Twitter and, and other social media platforms um, in advocating for the profession. And I sure. thought he would have been a great uh, a great host to, to come on.
1: Okay. Then you took a flight back from the UK. You came yeah. to talk to a PGY2 resident uh, and uh, I got to listen to a little bit of that, about that. And so I wanted to see if you could talk about uh, who should be in a residency or who shouldn't, because... Uh, when you think about who's at the pharmacy school, these are almost all residency-trained pharmacists. So they're going to say, oh yeah, residency. But then when you get into your APPEs or your APPEs, uh, those are a a better mix of Mm -hmm. what's really out there. So first, let's kind of talk about what would make someone go PGY1, PGY2. You personally, I think, decided not to go that route.
0: Yes, uh, that's correct. For me personally, I, uh, I was very open to it i was actually um prepared to do a residency um i you know did all the you know involvements and and, and i followed all the steps that what's usually encouraged in terms of getting pre- uh, prepared to apply for a residency um mm-hmm. but then uh getting closer towards uh um the uh the decision making with AShp and going to that and all that stuff i i decided not to apply um, mm-hmm. because i felt that my my passions were nowhere else, but in the community, in the community setting. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't see, and I know they, they do have uh, community residencies, but at the time I didn't see, you know, that being something that was worth pursuing. Um, mm-hmm. because I just didn't, I personally just didn't feel like it was needed for, for what I wanted to do. Um, but in terms of who should and who shouldn't, uh, there's a moment in time right now that I, I think that pharmacy is going in such a, a crazy direction that, I would say, you know, unless you have some other opportunity, unless you have personal, uh, you know, things that need to get taken care of before, uh, you know, or right when you graduate school, I would probably encourage people to seriously consider doing one. Um, what that either that or a fellowship, even because the the community pharmacy as we know it now is m- there might be a day that we're going to look back and be like, can you believe we used to put pills in a bottle? Like that might be a day yeah. that'll come in the future. And I just, I'm not sure if going straight into the community and not doing a residency um, or not having that residency training to be able to go and do other things, if, you know, coming out of the gate, if that's gonna be the best move for people um, because of what the future of pharmacy is gonna look like, you know, and, and and unfortunately a lot of people really think short-term, you know, they think like, oh my God, mm-hmm. I wanna do a whole nother year. Where yeah. you're going to be practicing for another possibly 30 to 40, depending on if you win the lottery or not, you know, so. <laughs> um,
1: so I don't know what the Powerball is today. <laughs> <but> yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. So I, I, you know, to me, it might be worth just, you know, buckling down and, and taking that one year of training to, to be able to keep your um, the future of your career open.
1: Yeah. And I know what the loans, I think the average is 163, 164 now. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a bit scary. And I know that uh, making decisions uh, sometimes emotionally but rather than uh, logically is is a little bit tough, especially after 19, 20 years of college. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're like another year, <laughs> another two years. Exactly. You know, once you get to PGY3, you're like, I could have done med school and three years of residency. And, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but it sounds like uh, we've got two different fields, really, where where medicine is kind of going its own direction, pharmacy its own, and we'll all be part of a, a group. Yeah. So now you let's take the airplane. We're going back to the UK. <laughs>
0: I like this traveling thing, man. I, I need to be on this more
1: you are, often. You're a, you're a busy guy. For, uh, you know, I know the canes are flying around. Uh, yeah,
0: the field, too, <laughs> they but, are. Uh,
1: but uh, tell me a little bit about going back to the UK again. What made you talk to a UK pharmacist again? Uh, she was obviously very interested in her patients. Mm -hmm. And she was what I thought I understood as a floater
0: uh, out there. Yes. So uh, she is a a community pharmacist. So the the first guest that I'd spoken with, he's actually focusing his career on, uh, I believe, like policy and going into the government for, um, you know, that kind of route in terms of Mm -hmm. being a pharmacist. Um, Not the traditional roles that, you know, you know what we think of in terms of being a community pharmacist. But um, she was a uh, she was a a what are you know a floater basically for a chain and i think she also worked for an independent and with her i wanted to dive more into like the day-to-days of what her struggles were um which was which was crazy because there was you know the uk and obviously other other countries as well the 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 health systems are so different um you know in terms of how care is provided who's paying for what um whether it's private whether it's uh you know by the government but and there's so many differences but there's also so many like like similar pain points that we have, um, and, you know, in complete different countries with complete different cultures, complete different governments. There's there, what I, what I really discovered with her is that, you know, pharmacy as a whole has a lot of very, very similar, uh, pain points, um, that we were able to dive deep into.
1: Okay. Um, and, So I think we're about the halfway point. So before we go on to the independent pharmacist, so it sounds like a looseness of associations. Like we say the next word and then it goes to the next topic. So we had independent community. But tell me a little bit about MedVise, Mm -hmm. uh, what that is, and because now we're kind of talking about community pharmacy and you're talking about uh, an MTM company. So Mm -hmm. first tell me where the entrepreneurial spirit came from and then how you're actually putting it into practice.
0: Yeah. So, um, I, there might be, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit in me, there, there might be some genetics that might be involved in that. Um, <laughs> uh, my dad, the E-gene. Yeah, E-gene. <laughs> my, uh, my dad is, uh, he, he's a business owner, uh, in, in our country. He's from uh, my, my family's from Trinidad and Tobago. Okay. I'm a first generation American. And, uh, you know, he owns, uh, service shops in Trinidad. My uncle owns the equivalent to AAA here. He owns that in, uh, in, in Trinidad. And, I didn't really, you know, I guess I didn't think to really scratch that itch. But as I started getting to seeing that I was going to be out in the real world after school, even though I was like 27, um, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I I just started to see that there's a lot of things that I wanted differently. And and there were so many opportunities. And I just felt that it wasn't being taken care of. Like, even if I wanted to do those things and didn't just want to be an entrepreneur, which to me, it's it's not the the entrepreneurial thing. It's just I feel like it's my only option almost at this point. Um, but it, it just you know being that i feel like i had those genetics there it just dawned on me that i need to do this on my own and try to create uh-huh. what i what i envision for the future of of pharmacy and patient care
1: yeah i've heard the the term the gig economy where uh percentage of jobs that are full time is not increasing while the percentage of part time uh, is increasing so mm-hmm. tell me about this a uh, medvise i i I don't really know much about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can just kind of start from the beginning, just in case uh, the listeners don't know anything. Yeah, about
0: sure. It. So, uh, you know, the way I like to kind of explain it to someone that's never heard of it, especially if they're not even in healthcare, is, you know, when we have when we have complex tax situations, um, you know, whether it's because we have businesses or we have deductions or all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. It's not just a simple, you know, fill out a form and sign it. We mm-hmm. go to a professional, you know, we go to a, uh, you know, a tax professional and we pay a tax professional to handle that for us um, saving us the time, ensuring things are going properly. And I think that same logic should be applied to medication management. Um, you know, there's been tons of studies that show that MTM is, you know, obviously it has, we know the impact of it there. I, to me, we don't really need to do any more studies. Honestly, it's, for for me, it's a waste (laughs) of money at this point. It's it's like $3 to a dollar. Yeah. We know 300%. Exactly. We know it's impactful and now we just need to start doing, I think. And, and, um, I basically wanted to create a, a company and a brand that when people think about uh, the, managing their medications, they think that about having a personal pharmacist and, mm-hmm. you know, just like going to the gym, you have a personal trainer to help you with everything. To me, I think yeah. the model of having a personal pharmacist is where the future would be leading to. So I basically wanted to create something where someone can say, hey, I have, you know, uh, uh, Tony, that's my pharmacist. Whenever I get a medication, he knows everything about my history, he knows where I need to get that medication from, he knows how, how to get it at the best price, um, all, all those types of things. And it, it is currently set up where it would be, unfortunately, a cash service, because, you know, yeah. ins- most insurance companies aren't recognizing this beyond, um, you know, their, their Medicare patients. Um, so right now, it is mostly a cash-based system, I would say, for lack of better words, where they, people would pay directly for um, for MTM services. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, And it sounds
1: like uh, what concierge, concierge, uh, mm -hmm. um, my French isn't very good, but a concierge position is one that's on call ready to talk to you. This sounds like it doesn't have to be in the middle of the night. Hey, I just went to the Walgreens overnight. Uh, Can can you tell me what my medicine is for? It's more of a a, is it appointment based or something like that?
0: It is. It is appointment based. But um, I've I've that's for like a CMR. So like a comprehensive okay. medication review, I would say okay. it would be like appointment based, but there, there are certain models that I have where you would just pay for a CMR and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a, a very similar to concierge medicine where it's like a subscription base where you pay a yearly, a yearly fee or like a six okay. month fee and you have access, uh, you know, to that pharmacist for, you know, the simple questions and things like that, just to have someone that, you know, you can trust in a, in a relationship with. Um, but there's uh so that's the you know in terms of uh what's it called in terms of like having that relationship with a patient mm-hmm. it, it's it's subscription based um okay. and you can make appointments for like those cmrs like i said but um i which you funny you mentioned the concierge medicine thing i eventually after you know some brand building and, and I, I want to actually start working with physicians um, to provide services for their own practice Um, Because I want to provide packages to physicians to say, hey, you know, I see you're already doing concierge medicine, um, but do you have, you know, are you providing this type of service to your patient where they can contact a pharmacist, um, Mm -hmm. you know, for real specific or detailed questions that you don't really need to be bothered with. So um, that's one thing I want I see for the future of it as well.
1: Okay. well, it sounds like you're you're kind of setting up with some of the things that some of the states have done. I know Washington state uh, allowed provider status. But most of it was on a cash basis, but then they're showing such improvements in cost. So it's kind of, uh, you have to show the money is there, but it sounds like someone who's a concierge physician is going to very rapidly find out that they're going to run out of time. Mm-hmm. And a way to expand that time would probably be to hire someone like you mm-hmm. uh, to t- take care of the medication side uh, after initial consults and things like that. Cool. Exactly. Well, Well, let's take it from there to now. We're going to go to, and I think uh, the owner, if I remember right, he said he had like two or three people working under him and then they took him to the pharmacy. So that's on the other end. So you're a solopreneur right now. Yes. And then that's (laughs) a pharmacy owner, multiple pharmacies, uh, giant employee payroll. Uh, What made you call him? Uh, if you're, you know, on the solarpreneur there. Yeah.
0: So, uh, you know, I, I didn't know, you know, much about his operations before we had spoken, but he too was another person that is was active on social media, um, which is basically how I've been meeting most of everyone I've interacted with outside of, you know, pharmacy. It's been on social media, and uh, he was one of them. And you know, I saw that he owned a pharmacy, and and uh, I wanted to dig dive deep more into that, but it seems really cool because he does have he's he's really i think he has like a well-oiled machine with what he's mm-hmm. running right now where he has those three individuals under him pretty much handling most of operations yeah. uh, while he's just kind of uh you know chilling <laughs> yeah for lack of a better <laughs> words chilling yeah but yeah. i mean i'm pretty sure he's he's deep into you know also making decisions and, and monitoring operations and stuff like that too but um but that's how that came about
1: okay so then you took a trip to APHA's MRM. So the Southeast, for people that don't know, includes probably all the way up to the Carolinas, uh, most of the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, basically. Yep. yep. Uh, tell me a little bit about what made you go to MRM. If I remember right, that's a student-run conference. It
0: is a student-run uh, conference, which was super funny because I was, you know, I, I went, I got into uh, to Charleston Friday night, and you know, I wanted to, you know, mingle and go and talk mm-hmm. to people and. Everyone's like, so um, so, what school are you from? And I was like, well, I'm not really not really from any school. I'm just kind of here hanging out. No, but uh, I just got, you know, I explained why I was there. And, um, uh, you know, and their their mood totally changed when they saw I was a pharmacist, which was really cool to yeah. see. Also, I didn't think they would have expected a pharmacist to be rolling around, uh, roaming around, like, you know, mingling with the students. But uh, that was that was uh, that it is student run. Um, but it's crazy because it's not just students there. It's like the like most motivated and involved students you know from their schools mm-hmm. and that so that experience alone you know it, it, there was there was so much energy and passion there it, it was it was really cool to see whereas if you go to if you just go to a pharmacy school you know you'll see students there but some of them will be super involved some of them just kind of going in going through the motions but here it was like anyone you talk to it was like sh- straight passion like you know like fire like in terms of like trying to yeah because
1: you're getting those students that are going to go and travel and maybe spend that extra money and yeah and the the time it takes uh to to get there and make those connections so uh those are those are definitely the students and you you kind of went the gamut i think the first one was from south uh south nova southeastern yes and then
0: a couple gators was it is that that, yeah there's there's uh two gators on there as well we had someone from mercer as well okay yeah. So you got a, a
1: pretty good gamut of them. Yes. OK. And then if I remember right, I were you in somebody's living room for the next one? This is the first video time I'd ever seen. It was on Facebook. Yes. But I was like, they're sitting at the kitchen table. What, what's yeah, going on? So uh,
0: I brought, you know, I brought my rig with me uh, to to get some recording done at APHA. I wanted to get, you know, get some good quality audio out of uh-huh. that. And uh, it, it just worked out where uh, my, Dr. Mike Corvino, he's the founder of Core Consult um, Rx, where they provide updates and things like that on social media for pharmacy practice. And uh, him and I just hit it off. And, you know, so I was at his house for a while. I was like, hey, let's record an episode. You know, let's you know get your thoughts on where future pharmacy is going and, and pharmacy practice. So. Um, yeah, the next episode was us in his living room uh, with his super big, <laughs> funny dogs, um, uh, you know, recording a podcast. And that that was, you know, it, it's just so crazy too with technology like, you, you know, you can get all this stuff out there anywhere like you're in your kitchen. I'm in my living room. I, I think you're in the your kitchen. <laughs> I'm not sure. But, you it's know, my kitchen. yeah, I'm in I'm in my <laughs> living room, which is basically in my kitchen. And, um, you know, so it's just cool that we can do this anywhere. So I took advantage while I was in uh, visiting over there with him. So,
1: okay. And then here's where we intersect. Uh, Tyler Dalton was my first interview on the Pharmacy Future Leaders. Really? Uh, I, met him, I met him on Twitter. Okay. Uh, and uh, he had, you know, for for pharmacy, I, I was a little surprised when I get students. I'm like, oh, what social media are you on? And they're like, oh, I do some Facebook. There's no Twitter. There's no Insta. There's none of that. They're so petrified of, you know, looking bad. Maybe they have a LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. But Tyler Dalton had been kind of spreading the word about nutrition. Uh, I talked with him about um, uh, not what's the seven second one uh it wasn't instagram it was vine yeah that doesn't sound right um anyway he would do these seven second clips of his mm-hmm. uh, like meal that he's preparing and all that stuff and nutrition uh how did you run oh, into Snapchat? him sorry was it Snapchat? yeah yeah Snapchat. oh okay it was Snapchat. there it is yeah. <laughs> i don't know it's a uh, uh, social media we gotta media. get you up on uh, this man no, no I, just, you on this. no, I just. I, no, I'm <laughs> following the advice. You know, you stick with one. So I got seven thousand on Twitter, 10, Good. almost ten thousand on YouTube. Yeah, I've got five on Snap. So <laughs> I yeah. got it's, it's my time to start there. Yeah, but, but tell me a little bit about how you ran into him, and uh, how is it that two of the podcasters ended up finding this guy as the nutrition guy?
0: Yeah, so I, you know, this really all comes back to how how we're able to, you know, pharmacy is such a small community. And when you put us on a social media, it just becomes so easy to find who stands out and who sticks out. Um, And, you know, being on social media, uh, we were able to connect. And, uh, you know, we just obviously I saw that he was real focused on something. And it really helps, too, when you when you have some sort of focus also, I would say, because you start to kind of build that brand for yourself. Um, And that was one of the things that I just saw him continuously posting about was, you know, nutrition, nutrition. And, you know, whereas like there's some pharmacists that'll post about all kinds of things and then one mm-hmm. nutrition post, you know? So sure. his was just nutrition, like just, you know, back right. to back to back. And um, I thought that was super interesting. And, uh, you know, that episode was really cool. Like I had no idea that, you know, where that story, you know, what his story would have been like and, and seeing how, how he got passionate about, inter- you know, mixing the nutrition part into a into pharmacy practice. But social media oh. was, you know, it's been the, 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 the gateway to everything that, that I've been uh, pretty much producing. So this far.
1: Okay. Well now it's time to put you on the spot. So you've gone to you the UK twice, you've gone to like eight different States. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've gone around, you've done your exploration uh, in the podcast realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your brand going to be? Uh, because it's, it's obvious you're, you're kind of gathering data, getting your uh, name out there. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and I know MedVise might be part of it. What's what's your future or what are you looking the future to be?
0: Well, in terms of the way the current track that it's been going, I am I have a couple of pharmacists that that are that I've reached out to already that um, mm-hmm. I, I really want to expose what pharmacy is like and as much with as much detail as possible day to day in everything that's not what we traditionally know as what pharmacy is. Um, yeah. you know, I, I want to, I'm, I just recently spoke with a pharmacist that's doing like big data management. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, she's doing a fellowship and, and, in uh, patient, uh, organization like data and stuff like that. And it's just, and she's a pharmacist, you know, and it's just, right. um, I have another pharmacist that works in the uh, emergency department, one in transplant that I've been, you know, behind to get on the show. And I want to sure. continue to, to definitely be a place where people can, if they want to know about what pharmacies like in different, uh, areas of. Not only practice in the in the U.S. here, but also the world. I think that um, that's. I think I hope they would think of the RX Radio name to go to. I, I just recently started following a bunch of pharmacists from Australia that I'm hoping okay. to you know get on the show at some point. I haven't really talked to anyone directly yet, but um, hopefully that'll come. But uh, one real big driver of why I also did this was because I have a mm-hmm. lot of advice and things that I want to get out into the world about um, professional like career development and personal development. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of interviewing skills, in terms of networking, in terms of how to tell their own story. Um, and and I, I think that this will be a platform. I haven't even started that yet, but but I think eventually that's going to come for me as well, um, because I felt that I did a really good job at, when I was in school at studying it, learning it, and then being able to uh, have a structured way of, of handling certain things um, when you're okay, trying to well- to build your career.
1: Well, with Australia, I'm just going back to it. I know we've got a couple of pharmacy podcast episodes where we talked to Robert Starr, mm-hmm. S Z T A R, and that might be a guy to talk to. I don't know if he's uh, still doing his podcast. He he was an independent guy, and down there, I don't think there are any chains. Really? Uh, if I'm right yeah. right about Australia, it's it's uh, that's crazy. They just said no chains. We're gonna we're gonna do this independent uh, thing, and I mean it makes sense that the whole island was independent from Britain yeah. or the UK. Uh, but it sounds like, uh, that might be a guy, but so it sounds like you're, um, I may be having kind of the same thing where what I do in terms of product is my pharmacology books. And that doesn't really match what I do talking to the leaders in pharmacy with mm-hmm. pharmacy future leaders. Um, so how do you, um, I guess, what do you see? How do you see yourself kind of bridging that divide? Because it sounds like you've got two brands. You've got the, josh gates Ex- expedition pharmacy expedition unknown let's talk to people <laughs> around the world and around the country yeah. which is awesome and uh then on the other hand we've got this uh kind of uh exploration of entrepreneurship uh, being one-on-one with the patients mm-hmm. uh, and then you've got your third you know role is your as a pharmacist yeah so how do you think all these come together or is it gig economy where we this is how it goes you have two three jobs
0: no, I, I honestly think it's it's the uh, it's the latter. I, I think that, you know, it's just there's going to be some separation of things. Things might not ever overlap, um, you know, specifically. And, and I feel like I've had to be really good at making sure that happens specifically because um, being in a community pharmacy, I had to make sure that I wasn't, you know, uh, engaging in things that were like a conflict of interest. Sure. Um, so I really had to make sure that, you know, some things stayed separate. And I'm not I don't even I really don't even think that, you know, met, the med advice stuff will ever Kind of crossover to rx radio Um, but within rx radio itself i think that you know in terms of like professional development uh and versus you know like exploring pharmacy in different you know countries Mm -hmm. that might take its form differently like one might be more video based you know i plan on starting a Mm -hmm. youtube channel soon for um you know videos for both on facebook and on youtube which might be more of like me you know kind of maybe teaching or, or like giving my advice about like how to better uh you know develop professionally and in your career And then, you know, the audio versions might only be like the interviews I have with other pharmacists, like it it might go that way. But in terms of like the overall, you know, scheme of podcasting versus, uh, you know, MTM versus like, Mm -hmm. you know, the night, the traditional nine to five, all those like nine to 10 kind of thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, um, You know, the the integration of that is probably going to stay pretty, pretty uh, segregated, I would say, I think.
1: Okay, so let's talk. uh, I've just got three questions Mm -hmm. at the end here. But before I ask those questions, uh, what's the best way if somebody wants to contact you, get to know a little bit more about you? uh, Maybe this is that emergency med doc that you've been or uh, pharmacist that you've been looking for. uh, What's the best way for them to get in touch with you?
0: Yep. So um, you can send me a uh, an email. That's I check my emails um, uh, quite frequently. uh, Richard at MedVise dot com. Uh, That's Richard at M-E-D-V-I-Z-E dot com. I'm on Twitter at The Pharmacy Dude. Um, So you can find me on there. I I might change that. I don't know if I'm going to stick with that, but it sounded cool. It was available, so I took it. (laughs) (laughs) But right now, I'm currently on Twitter at The Pharmacy Dude. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Uh, You can go to Facebook.com forward slash Pharmacy Dude. I'll pop up there as well. Um, Sounds good.
1: Yeah. All right. And then uh, what's you... I think a lot of people don't start entrepreneurship because they don't, uh, have their ducks in a row in terms of getting all the things, uh, in their life kind of set up so that they have that extra time. Mm -hmm. What's your best daily ritual to keep everything on track so that you can do all of this other stuff?
0: Uh, people are not going to like this answer and, 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 and and it's, And I know that for sure because I don't even like the answer. (laughs) I just work late. (laughs) It's giving. Honestly, it's giving up fun. Okay. Like, I I, there's so many fun things that I, you know, I used to do or I wanted Mm -hmm. to do when I graduated um, that I I had to no longer, you know, be able to engage in um, because there's just, you know, we all have the same 24 hours in the day. And we all still need a, you know, to be a, you know, a normal human being in society, get, you know, between yeah. four to six hours of sleep. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it, it, for me, it's been just giving up fun and realizing that, you know, any free time that you have should be towards, uh, building relationships with the people that you love. And then building, you know, relationships with the work that you, uh, you know, love as well to, you know, to build for the future. So,
1: well, I'm having fun now, but that's cool. Uh, <laughs> if this isn't fun, th- if this is work
0: for you, that's well. Cool. Well, I guess, I guess, you know, I, I guess, I do have to add into you do have to love what you're what you, you're doing on that side as well. You know, at the end of the day, even though you know, I say fun in the traditional terms of like you know, out, you know, playing you know I, tennis I or racquetball, yeah, yeah. but I love podcasting i love meeting people i love what we're doing here interacting sure um i love providing you know uh patient care to people i'm on twitter all the time just trying to talk to people about you know because they posted that they have like acid reflux i love doing that you know <laughs> and let like would say hey i'll help you you know like i'm a pharmacist on twitter and i can help yeah. you um but but it, it also too i would say probably i, I should have really mentioned that in there it's it's about you know that work that you're going to put in it's about loving that also
1: yeah, I I've got to say the pharmacy podcast has been kind of an incubator for me. I started a I had a hundred Twitter followers a year and a half ago. Now I'm up to about seven thousand. I had a thousand YouTube followers. Now I have like ten thousand. Yeah. Uh, my book was selling a couple copies a week. Now it sells twenty a day, and it's uh, almost makes fifty thousand a year. So That's uh, it just it just blew up. Uh, yeah. So I, I know that you're you're gonna have a, a similar experience. But tell me a little bit about well, I have to change this. You're going to be the first person I'm going to change this question with because I I've, I've asked it 45 times. <laughs> Normally I ask, what is the best career advice you've ever received or given? But I since you are the the multipreneur, mm. uh, don't take that name. I I kind of want that Yay. Uh, multipreneur.com. But <laughs> but what is the best career's advice you've ever gotten? Cuz it sounds like uh, in some way what you've seen, what you've done has led you to a road that will not be happy with a single job Mm -hmm. and nor is that necessarily safe. Mm -hmm. So what's the best careers advice you've ever received?
0: The best careers advice, like in terms of uh, like,
1: like going to your careers, like you, you become a podcaster, you become a a retail pharmacist. You went to pharmacy school, you took a chemistry degree. Uh Uh, Who was the person that said, you know, you should do this. Or did you just kind of like, Oh, it seems like fun. I'll do organic.
0: Like, oh, you know, I actually you know? have a great story for that then. So you, you, oh, like who got me into this? Like who, like, okay. So there's there's one person, her name, her name is Mrs. Carrillo. Okay. okay. She was my, uh, I, I had, I was not like the best student, right. In, uh, in high school, but for some reason I took an AP, I don't, I don't know what I was doing. I didn't even show up to the AP test. But for yeah. some reason, i somehow enrolled in one AP class my senior year it was AP psychology. She was my psychology what? teacher. Yeah. Okay. All right. She, um she, she was actually in, I think the story goes, she was in pharmacy school at okay. some point. And then like something happened and she decided not to pursue that as a career. She wanted to teach. And for, I don't know what I was like, I was a jock. Like I was, I didn't, I had no good grades uh-huh. I, I almost didn't go to like a, like a university. I was going to go to like, you know, the community college because that was all okay. I felt like I could have gone into. And, um, she was like, like, what are you going to do with your career? I was like, I don't know. I'll probably gonna do like business or my mom's a nurse. Maybe I'll do nursing. And she was just like, what about pharmacy? And I was like. I don't know. Like and and just after her telling me that that was all she said. She was she didn't give me other options. She wasn't <laughs> like what about this or what about medicine? Like you know, what about being a physician or what about being a police officer? She was like what about pharmacy? And yeah. I don't know what she saw in me or I guess maybe she she might have known that I might have been successful with that or maybe she knew I would have liked it, but that's the option she gave me and I looked into <laughs> it and I was like I think this is, you know, a really good fit for me, and and now I'm talking to you on as a pharmacist, you know, uh, about yeah. why why I'm a pharmacist. So yeah, that's that how that uh, yeah, yeah. That's how that played out.
1: La leyenda de Senora Caria, Cario, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yes. So the legend of uh, of Mrs. Carrillo, yes. Maestro Caria. Um, so tell me a little bit. Um, Uh, just the last thing, what inspires you? You've obviously, uh, committed to the profession you're Mm -hmm. committed to everything you do. Uh, you obviously, you didn't just pick up a mic and you've got a great rig there. You, Mm -hmm. you letting everything go out with great quality. Um, what inspires you?
0: Uh, helping people. I really want to help people like everything that I do in terms of uh you know learning about things obviously i, I want to you know have per, i have personal goals in my career and things like that but what i think helps me love everything that i do is that like i know at every moment i'm helping someone yeah and, that sounds good and that to me is what uh is what's really been driving you know it it drove me in school you know it drove me the late night studying you know it it drives me when i'm stressed out at the pharmacy it, it's just knowing that I, I get to help like that one person at that one time
1: Yeah. Well, Dr. Richard Waithe, thank you so much for being on the Pharmacy Podcast. It was a pleasure. All right. We thank you so much for listening. And if you're interested in being on the Pharmacy Podcast, Pharmacy Future Leaders, hook up with me on Facebook or give me an email, aagara.dmacc.edu. Thank you again for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast with your host, Tony Guerra. Be sure to share the show with the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders.